You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Let's all just lift him up right now. Let's create an atmosphere of praise. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So let's set a great atmosphere for God to inhabit right now. Somebody tell him how much you love him. Somebody tell him how much you adore him. Somebody send up a hallelujah. Send up a hallelujah. Send up a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What an incredible atmosphere is in the house of the Lord today. What an honor it is to be back in the Calvary Church. It's so good to see all of you. Some of you I did not get to see the last time we were here, but it is an incredible moment to be a part of for the Calvary Church, your World Missions Conference. We are so honored for this invitation. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. And I'm going to allow you to be seated just for a moment. I just want to give a few acknowledgments. Amen. Amen. It's so good to have with me my traveling buddy and my companion, Bethany. Bethany, would you just stand? She was preaching this morning to the ladies group. Amen. She could have preached this message as well. Amen. But it's so good to to be with Bethany. She travels with me about 99.9% of my tours and travels around the world. And I'm so privileged to have her with me, hanging out with me today here at the Calvary Church. And it is so good to be with Pastor Ellis and the incredible uh, church family here. Sister Ellis, what an amazing team, a dynamic duel. You love your pastor? Amen. Somebody say, we love you, pastor. In an hour like today, we need to love our leadership like never before. And we just love the Ellis's incredible people of God. And it's just an honor to be invited back twice is a big deal. I mean, that's that's huge. And, and I just appreciate them so much. I look forward to hanging out with them. We came in very late last night. We, we had been doing a bunch of traveling and running around. And uh, we were just so glad to get in probably around 11 p.m. So we didn't get to hang with Pastor last night. So we will hang this afternoon. Amen. So it's good to see you all. And I saw Sister Reed in the audience somewhere. Amen. There's Sister Reed. Just wave at me, Sister Reed. Encourage me. Amen. Such an incredible woman of God. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Brother and Sister Reed, uh, were so instrumental in our life when we were first starting out in ministry many, many moons ago. And we were just getting started in ministry. They supported us in times when nobody else was there. So they were strategic. Matter of fact, I don't know if we'd be doing what we'd be doing if it wasn't for y'all's voice and influence. Sister Reed, you are an incredible woman of God. And we love you dearly. We love our kids and the family. 
Amen. And our missionaries, amen, that are here today, it's such an honor to be able to partner up with our missionaries and to be with them in this incredible conference and what God is doing and to see all of you. Now, um, I have a huge burden. Now, that's unusual uh, when I'm speaking in this type of atmosphere. It's usually something other, this kind of burden. This particular burden I have is usually reserved for other things. And I was confused until I got here this morning and felt the confirmation uh, from the Lord. I don't usually speak on this level in the local church and tell some of the information I'm going to tell you this morning to the local church. But seeing the magnitude and the reach of the Calvary Church and looking at your world missions packet, I now understand with your influence and what you're doing around the world, why it's important that I talk about what I talk about today. And um, is everybody's brains ready for a massive download? <laughs> everybody get their coffee, espresso, latte, uh, uh, chai tea, I don't know. Everybody ready? Young people, y'all ready? Can y'all hang with me? If I, I'm going to go real fast, but I'm fixing to load you with information, okay? I've been, uh, just to give you a little idea of what I mean, I've been very privileged, Bethany and I, to minister all over the world. It's just been a unique thing, something that the Lord has done. We take absolutely no credit for it because we're not worthy of it, but we were very blessed to be ministering. Uh, it'll be 10 years next year as ministers at the United Nations in Manhattan, New York, and uh, also later being appointed a goodwill ambassador to the United Nations, and then being privileged many times to be a part of the private Bible studies at the White House and speak there and be a preacher there to the White House leadership. Uh, a lot of great things have happened, so we've seen a lot of things. We've seen thousands of people saved. We've now baptized within the United Nations walls, I believe it's 47, 40-something, 40 40-something. 40 Let's just say agree on 40-something. And then outside on our tours of duty, thousands have been saved uh, as Bethany and I travel. And it's just been a very big blessing to be a part and to see those things. And I'm telling you that because God has allowed me to be in key places, strategic places, so that I can have detailed information to bring the church. And I believe that when the Bible says that we're not going to be ignorant to the enemy's devices, I believe God's going to flood us with information so the enemy can't catch us off guard. Is everybody all right? So I'm getting ready to give you a little bit of that information. Because of your world reach and what's getting ready to happen for the Calvary Church, and pastor being so plugged into the Holy Ghost, uh, it's all strategic uh, for what I want to minister. So now, we're going to pray together first that God would help us. So if you'd stand with me, I'm going to read one verse, and then we're going to pray together. And it is 1129, so we're going to go quick. Matthew 24 and verse number 14. And the Bible says in Matthew 24 and 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world 
for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now, that's a mouthful. That's one verse, and I'm going to try and bring it out for the Calvary Church in just a few moments. Hey, brother and sister Griffith, it's good to see y'all. And this gospel of the kingdom, this is a big deal. This is massive, and I'm going to try and break, break it down for us. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, all of it, every bit of it. Am I in the book? For a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Then. I don't know if you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, I'm ready-trib. Because <laughs> every time somebody explains it to me, I'm like, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm just going to be on the first plane out of here in the rapture. It doesn't matter to me when, we just need to be ready. Amen. And, uh, but this is telling us a sure prophecy. When the gospel reaches this world, the end shall come. And I want to share with you proof that we're in the end times right now. The three sides of the end time. That's what I want to talk to you about. The three sides of the end time. Put your Bibles down, tablets, cell phones, lift up your hands. And what we're getting ready to pray is that God would help our minds to receive a revelation so that we can have a sense of urgency at the Calvary Church like never before of what God is doing right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, somebody help me right now. Lord, we pray for everybody in this room, everybody that's watching online, that you would baptize us with a revelation of understanding and knowledge and clarity so that we can have a sense of urgency. We're getting ready to take up an offering because we need to reach the world. You're getting ready to pour out your spirit and somebody's going to get healed in this place today. I claim it in the name of Jesus. Great things are getting ready to happen for the Calvary Church, but we need a great church of people that's ready to step and stand with our pastor for what he's getting ready to do. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands to the Lord real loud. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. The three sides of the end time. Now, in many ways... Uh, the Bible is a military document. Now, hang with me. In your Bible, there are instructions to better prepare you for success. Your Bible is a book to help you succeed and to be saved, to prepare you. In other words, when you start reading your Bible, it's filled with strange military terms. So when we think about success, we're not supposed to be picturing ease and simplicity. We're supposed to be picturing warfare. I hope you are a fighter. Uh, did I tell anybody to look at their neighbor yet? Look at your neighbor. 
and say, you better learn how to fight. <laughs> I hope today's church will be rebaptized with the revelation that we have to fight in 2022. We have to fight. When you start, your Bible never told you this was going to be easy. So stop it. Stop it. I just don't understand. I just, I pastor, we need a meeting. Pastor, I, pastor, first lady, I just, stop it. Your Bible told you and warned you and wants to precondition you to understand that if you're going to make heaven your home one day, you're going to have to learn how to worship when you don't feel like it. You're going to have to learn how to dance through bad news. You're, you're going to have to learn how to lift him up when you don't feel like lifting him up. You're going to have to, come on young people, you're going to have to learn how to live for God at school, on the job, when people don't like you, when people are talking about you. You're going to have to learn how to fight. You got to learn how to fight. We start hearing terms like this. It, it should help us understand uh, things like fight the good fight. I've never seen a good fight. But I'm trusting that there will be a good fight. We start terms like spiritual warfare. Uh, put on the armor. Well, you don't put on the armor to go to a banquet. Everybody all right? We put on the armor of God every day because we're going to war. Which means we've got to learn how to fight. And we've got to get the understanding that not everything in this hour is going to be easy because we are in a war. And sometimes we can forget what has been foretold. And, and when the devil's acting like the devil, we start getting frustrated and say, I believe I'll backslide because this is not supposed to happen. No, what you're supposed to do is square your shoulders, step up and say, if God be for me, who can be against me? And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if devil, you get ready to have a bad day if you come knocking on my door because I know how to fight. Amen. And I have been very privileged to spend a lot of time on the front lines of what God is doing and uh, in, the, in the earth right now. And there's so many things I could tell you. There's so many things I can share with you. And I'm going to just kind of speed through some things. And if it sticks with you, uh, don't hesitate to tell Pastor to, to get the information from me. And I'll give it to him and he can give it to you. Because I'm just going to speed through some things. And I, some of it may make our heads spin. But let me explain something to you. I'm telling you things that I have seen firsthand. This hasn't come from a book. This hasn't come from getting it from another secondhand knowledge. These are places I have been and I have seen what God is doing. And what we have to understand today is that God is moving us right now into the level of the end time. And in the end time, there are some things we need to be aware of. But I want you to understand, we're going to have great revival in the end time. 
So I want to talk to you about the three sides to the end time. And I want to just give you a perspective because in many times, uh, if one thing isn't happening in Scripture, we'll feel like it disqualifies the time. But I want you to look at, at what God talks about in the end time, not just from one perspective, but look at it from, from a global perspective. Uh, that something may be happening over there and not necessarily happening over there. And it still doesn't mean that it's not going on because it's not happening where you're at. But it's actually, a, it's like a compass. The Bible views things from a world view. And we're talking about world revival. And this church is getting ready to reach the world. And, and when you get ready to reach the world, you got to understand the world perspective. So side number one to the church in America. I want the church in America to understand some things because we often feel like for there to be an end time, there needs to be a disaster. Now, there is disaster. We just watched videos of what's going on in Ukraine. So you can see something happening there, and because it's not happening here, we'll disqualify the time. It can't be the end time because I'm going on vacation tomorrow. <laughs> so the first view of the end time is, I want to read to you that you can be blessed during the end time. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Just stay with me. We, we, we don't know where he's going with this. Just hang on. Some of you may be doing just fine right now. But we're still in the end time. Bible tells us in Luke chapter 17 and verse number 26. I want to read this for you. Luke 17 and 26. The Bible says, and as it was, exactly like it was in the days of Noah. And we get to that and we say, well, bless God, in the day of Noah, it was a horrible time. It was. But also, listen to what Jesus said, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Now, and this is what he, this is what he targeted. He said, now listen, they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Wait a minute. The Lord targeted everybody having a good time. The Lord was saying, just like in Noah's day, the end time will be the same. Some people will be partying. Not everybody will be experiencing disaster in the end time, but it doesn't mean it is not the end time. He says some people will be blessed and go into a wedding and it will still be the end time. Then he goes on further in verse number 28 and he says, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. Well, we know how, my God, Lot's day was a horrible Sodom and Gomorrah and all that took place. And we get into all of that. But Jesus said something very interesting. He said, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they ate. Who's going to lunch? Amen. <laughs> they drank. They brought. They were buying things. They were selling things. They were planning things. They were building. They were in building programs. 
But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. In other words, the Lord wanted us to see a different side to the end time. He could have focused on Noah's day and, and Lot's day and Sodom and Gomorrah. He could have mentioned all of the evil that was taking place, and it was evil. But what he targeted for us to understand was there was a lot of people that was having good time. But it was still the end time. Calvary Church, let me explain something to you. Yes, we need to have a sense of urgency right now. While we're sitting in a beautiful air-conditioned and heated location, we still need to have a last day because even though it's going okay for us now, it is still end time in a different view someplace else. This is still the end time. Jesus was showing us a different side of the end. So being blessed does not disqualify the time. It is still the end time. I've heard people say, oh, this couldn't be the end time. This can't be the end time. I'm fixing to prove it to you before we get done. This can't be the end time because I, 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 I picture my home being toppled by earthquakes. Did you know that that's happening in some places? Just because it didn't happen in Cincinnati don't mean it's not happening someplace else because now Calvary you need to have a world view not just a city view I come to tell you the Holy Ghost it's time get alongside your pastor he's getting ready to take y'all to a world revival now we can uh, talk about the obvious the second side to the end time is there will be sides of this that will be in great tribulation there will be great tribulation in the end time there will be some areas in this world that will be experiencing the full force of end time tribulation and Jesus when he got to Matthew chapter 24 it was so powerful Jesus said it like this he said let me explain something to you right in the very first verse of the first book he started looking around and the Lord I just love how the Lord does some things Jesus started looking around and 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 he was walking with his with his disciples and they said oh isn't this a beautiful building and Jesus said this is a good time to start talking about the end time I don't know how he, he spent that but they were like isn't this a beautiful building the Lord said hmm I tell you not one rock will be on top of the other no, beautiful building. It won't be beautiful forever. Then the Bible says, and Jesus sat down. So he knew the questions was coming. He said, I tell you, one brick, brick won't be on top of the other. <laughs> and they're like, one brick, what, what, what did he say? One brick on top of another. Let's ask him. They go over there and say, Father, oh, Father, Lord, Rabbi, uh, when is this going to happen? That's Detroit uh, interpretation. <laughs> Scripture says, uh, tell us when these things shall be and what shall be the sign of thy coming. And, and, and the Lord, what he did was very strategic and very powerful. He set up a, a conversation to talk about the end. So not only for them, but also for us. He wanted them to know about it, and he wanted us to be about it because it was going to be happening in our day. And he said something to them then. He said, when he said not one stone will be left on another, he was speaking to his generation. Okay, because that actually took place in 70 A.D. Okay, so in that generation, they experienced the toppling of uh, Jerusalem and, and the temple. And so when he was talking about that, he was showing them dispensations. 
okay? And, and Jesus was born, uh, some say, between 4 B.C. and 5 A.D. or whatever. But uh, it, it really uh, let us know timelines that within that generation, which gives us about 70 to 80 years as a generation in biblical terms, between 70 to 80 years is about a generation in biblical terms. Jesus wanted his disciples to understand how the end time works, and he said to them, there shall be wars and rumors of wars, and a nation shall rise against nation, uh, literally in the literal, uh, ethnos, uh, shall rise against ethnos, or ethnic groups will be against ethnic groups, or cultures will be against cultures, or colors will be against colors. And then he said, and then kingdoms shall be against kingdom. That's Basilia. So uh, uh, literally sovereign nations will be at war against sovereign nations. Both of those things are happening right now like they've never happened before. He said, but understand some things. All this is going to be, there's going to be strange uh, phenomenons and occur, occurrences happening in the natural elements. He said, there's going to be things taking place that's going to blow your mind. They're talking about global warming and, and all of that stuff and all that's going on. And, and you can talk about it all you want to, but it's really basically about uh, sin. Uh, the world is tired of the people's sin, and that's why the world's in, in travail. And, and it's shaking because all that's going on. And all of that is a sign that we are in the end times right now. But it's just a sign. I'm told that you can look at all kinds of things to, to let you know that we're in the end times. But none of this is the actual timeline of the end times. Because you've had people tell you, and I've had people tell me as well, yeah, but we've seen wars before. We've seen uh, covid before. It was just something different, a different pandemic, different pestilence. We've seen all of that before. Matter of fact, it's been worse in the past than it is in the present. So that's not an indicator. We didn't tell you it was a timeline of the end time. We told you it was a sign that these are some of the things that will be going on. Okay, so it is going on. The actual proof, which brings me to my side number three, that we are in the end time, is uh, that we need to understand that timeline is not based on signs. If you want to know what time it is in God's prophetic time clock, the Bible was very clear. You look at Israel. Israel is and has always been God's clock. Israel has always been God's indicator from every feast and festival the world was framed of what goes on in Israel. That's how it works. Israel is God's clock. And let me explain something to you. The biggest prophetic fulfillment that has taken place in 4,000 years, we have two. We have the birth of Christ. That was 2,000 years ago. And then the next one, was the rebirth of Israel, which happened in 1948. This is a definite event that cannot be compared to any other time. It is not a sign. It's an event of God's timeline. When you go back to Matthew chapter 24, and you have to go read this later because I got to go. I'm going real quick. You go back to Matthew 24, you'll find out that Jesus stopped right in the middle of what he was saying. And he said, let me explain to you the parable of the fig tree. And all the people that was listening said, what? The fig tree. You getting ready to tell us about the fig tree? Yes, I'm getting ready to tell you about the fig tree. Why is that a big deal? Because all throughout your Old Testament, they were wondering about the parable of the fig tree. 
All throughout your Old Testament, they were trying to figure out what was going on with the fig tree. Because strategically placed all throughout your Old Testament, the Lord God would say in Scripture, he would say, and as the fig tree is my people. So they were always wondering, what's this deal about the fig tree? I mean, think about it. Uh, I got some things just right here. He went In Hosea, the Lord said, basically, Israel is the fig tree. So when he, Jesus said this, this was a massive historical moment when he said, I am getting ready to tell you the revelation of the fig tree. We've been waiting on this for thousands of years. He said it like this in Matthew 32, 24, 32, sorry. In Matthew 24, 32, Jesus said, now learn the parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Why? So likewise, the same way, Ye, when ye shall see all of these things, know that it is near even at the doors. And then he says something like this. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. What? He said when the fig tree begins to blossom again, that's the last generation. Let me go back to my first point. Israel has not been a nation for thousands of years. And it was prophesied in Jeremiah that Israel is the barren fig tree. And so when the Lord said when Israel or the fig tree begins to bear fruit again, mark that generation. 1945, Israel woke up and said, we're going home. We're getting ready to reestablish ourselves. And was guaranteed on the national level of the United Nations in 1948 for the first time in thousands of years, they were made statehood again. There was a celebration and a shout heard around the world. Israel has been reestablished. That is a significant timeline that cannot be compared to any other and when Jesus said it thousands of years ago, we see it today. Yeah. But that's not the only thing that blows my mind. There's a few other things that happened in 1945. Everybody ready? The United Nations was established in 1945. Oh, guess what? The United Pentecostal Church was established in 1945. You got a better chance of going to McDonald's and scratching off your fries and winning a million dollars than all three of these superpowers wake up at the same time. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that God's people woke up, the church woke up, and the one world superpower woke up at the same time because this is the end time format. All the players are waking up for the finale. And guess what? We're getting ready to have global revival. And in the midst of all of this, in this end time view, 
Jesus says in Matthew 24, 14, and he's just speeding through all the end time stuff in Israel and, and famines and wars and, and all this. And he says, but let me explain something to you. Verse 14, the gospel shall be preached in the midst of all of this and it'll hit all the world. Greater works is coming for the church. He said, right in the midst of all this going on, I'm going to have global churches that are going to be involved in the global harvest. And they're going to be reaching people and baptizing people and saving people. And God shall multiply the church in the end. Are y'all ready to multiply the church in the end time? Somebody clap your hands for what would get ready to happen in the end time. I'm looking at Mission Sunday, and I'm, I, I'm, I walk into this incredible service and, and pastor setting, and I'm looking at the, the, the brochure, pastor setting global vision, and I'm looking at all the reach of this church, and I'm saying, now I know why I need to tell you what I need to tell you. You're on the right track. Let's go. Let's go. Let's have Calvary. Let's have global revival. Whatever. Let's God's pick this place to be a part of the end time harvest, and I'm here to tell you, it's time. Let me close and catch you up with the one verse prophecy of Jesus. The gospel shall be preached. There's three things that has happened for me in the last little while, the last few weeks. And Bethany's my witness. And that's why I bring her. Beth, you got to be a witness. Just nod so that everybody can look at Bethany. She's going to say, it's true. I'm telling you, it's true what he's telling you. When we first started the United Nations ministry and God called us up to speak in international diplomatic levels and now that I'm a goodwill ambassador, diplomatic immunity to the nations, tour of duty on behalf of Ban Ki-moon, His Excellency, all those things that are going on is amazing. But one of the biggest things that, that God told me was take pictures. I said, why? Because they're not going to believe you. And I said, who? He said, I'm getting my people to another level of faith. But we need to help them a little bit. So show them the pictures. Because if they see that I can do it at the United Nations, they'll believe that anything can happen in Cincinnati. Right. Right. So, some pictures I can't show, but some I will show you today. Uh, I received a phone call uh, just recently, a few, few weeks ago, from the... Um, uh, they, co they communicate through us through a WhatsApp, a encrypted uh, code of communication. Some of you probably have it. I got an invitation from the ambassador of Azerbaijan. Okay. The ambassador of Azerbaijan and them are working on some things, and they're trying to create a certain atmosphere in Azerbaijan, which uh, holds the largest uh, Middle Eastern conference on the planet, for um, a Muslim Islamic conference on the planet in Baku. So I received a phone call. And they said, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. We're going to start discussions of the forum, and we want you to be the speaker. I said, who? I said, we want you to be the speaker. I said, the speaker? Yes, we want you to be the speaker. I said, what do, I, what do you want me to say? They said, say whatever you want. I said, really? <laughs> whatever I want? Yes, say whatever you want. I'll be there. <laughs> you thinking when I'm thinking, time they let them know Acts 238? By looking at Bethany, shake your head yes. 
So Bethany and I and my team, uh, my United Nations team, we go to, and we do tours of duty all the time, but there was something different about this one. I didn't really, I felt something different. So we go, and uh, the, 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 uh, the auditorium is packed with global leaders all, from all over the world. It was amazing, the leadership that was there. He said, our speaker is Ambassador Wilson, uh, United Nations. He's going to come, and he's going to give us direction. And, he, and, and, and by the way, he's a reverend. I said, I believe I'll step right up. And we went through all of this, and uh, God told me what to say, and I began to just quote names of the imams and the leaders that were in the audience, the people that were strategically coming in my mind. And then I told him, I said, you got to understand, as a Christian, the plan of salvation is, the, is Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus. And I just went through the whole plan of salvation, and they're all looking at me, and I'm the only one there that they, they start clapping their hands for us. They clapped their hands for this speech. Said, and when we got done... I was approached by two other uh, global leaders. One of the highest ranking imams in this country came running up to me and he said, I need to talk with you, sir. I said, yes. He said, I need to tell you something. Uh, God's been dealing with me. And these aren't just Muslims. These are global leaders that represent the nation, represent the vision, represent the culture. He said, I, I, I need to ask you something. He said, we need to talk. I have questions. And in front of us, he broke down in tears. He said, I am ready to pray and learn more about Christianity with Christians. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Then coming up to me, is His Excellency why I call some of them excellencies because they deserve the title. One of the leaders came up to me and he said, um, you have to come and speak in Baku at the, at the, the international conference. I said, I said, you realize what I just said? We want to hear it. He said, by the way, do you have a choir? I said, do I have a choir? I'll find a choir. He said, if I give everybody an invitation and your choir can come sing in a, in, in a global meeting in Baku, can they come? I said, listen, let me know when, and we're going to get there. You know what we're going to do? We're going to flood that place with the Spirit of God, and we're going to flood that place with the name of Jesus. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Something is happening that has never happened before. So we were at the United Nations just a few weeks ago, and it's all, it's, it's, it's snowballing. We're at the United Nations a few, 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 few weeks ago, and I get a uh, phone call to the, our office at the UN that one of our global leaders at the United Nations, uh, one of our deputies, needed to meet with me urgently. I said, all right. Bethany and I was down, just down the street eating some uh, noodles at the Thai place. I said, I could be right there. So he came in, and, he's, and, and he was waiting out in front of my office, waiting on me. And he said, I need to speak with you right away. And I sensed instantly something wasn't right. 
And I told her team, I said, just wait a minute. Let me go talk with him. I took Bethany and one of my staff members. I said, let's go talk. We go up to the office, and he started, he was just, he was just not comfortable. And these are some of the most intelligent global leaders on the planet, and he just wasn't himself. And I said, you know what? Would you like to talk alone for a moment? He said, yes. I told every, everybody else to leave the room. And we sat down, and he said, I am having strange occurrences. I haven't been able to sleep. I'm seeing shadows. I'm having night tears and nightmares. He said, I have no idea what is going on. And the Holy Ghost told me instantly, it's a demon. And I told him, I said, well, sir, I said, uh, he said, let me explain something to you. I have sought help everywhere. You're my last hope. I said, well, I got good news for you. I said, Jesus can take care of what you're dealing with in a matter of seconds. Is everybody all right? This is what is going to display God's church in the last hour. Are y'all ready? Because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And so, he, he, he looked at me and said, seconds? I've been trying to get help for a long time. I said, seconds. And the Holy Ghost mentioned to me, I want you to ask him certain questions. And he started explaining to me all that was going on with him. And I said, have you, have, I said have, have you sought help or tried to figure out where this has come from? He said, I went back to my home country. And to my shock, I found out that some of our lineage might have been rooted in witchcraft. Not only Islam, but witchcraft. And he said, I can't believe this. I said, That's, I said, now I understand. And I was able to open the door to explain to him. I said, there, is a, there are spirits tormenting you. I said, but nothing is more powerful than the name of Jesus. We're getting ready to take care of that right now. See, young people, we need to understand what we have a hold of. You have a hold of the greatest thing this world has ever seen. Nobody is more powerful than an apostolic young person full of the Holy Ghost. So, he, I told him, I said, I'm going to bring my team back in. Bethany and the team came back in. I said, we're getting ready to pray for our leader. God's getting ready to deliver him right now. And I knew instantly, the Holy Ghost told me, because of his position in the world, this is a principality that is trying to rule that side of the world through him. And we're getting ready to beard and take care of that principality right now. I told him, I said, would you have a seat, sir? I said, because I, I just want to know where you're at. Have a seat. I said, I want you to bow your head, and we're getting ready to pray for you in the name of Jesus. And these folks don't know anything about the name of Jesus or any of this stuff. I said, so just trust us. The Lord Jesus is getting ready to take care of this, and you shall be delivered. And so in the, instantly, when he sat down and bowed his head, the power of God filled the United Nations. And I laid hands on both sides of his head and began to pray and tell that thing to leave. And as witnessed by the other UN people watching, they said he became contorted and bigger and more powerful than he had been. And he began to change in his appearance and begin to scream out as loud as we have ever heard anything scream. And it just my hand kept him bound. And he just began to, and I said, hold on. He bent over. And what was said in the scripture when that young man, when they came down from the Mount Transfiguration, threw the, the devil threw him into the fire, into the water, and he bent over and foam came out of his mouth. I saw and Sister Wilson can testify, heaps of foam pouring out of his foam. I've never seen anything like it. Pouring out of his mouth all over the floor. It was unbelievable. It was, it was like a, some kind of 
movie or, or some kind of science fiction thing. And we couldn't believe it. And it was all over the place. And, 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 and he just began to scream. And I leaned over in his, and the Lord said, it's time to end this foolishness. I leaned over in his ear and said, in the name of Jesus. And he just went limp like he was dead. And I said, come on back to us, sir. He shook himself and sat up and said, everybody ready? He said, what happened? I said, you are now delivered. He said, it's gone. I said, I told you the Lord Jesus would deliver you in a matter of seconds. How many know the Lord is still delivering like he delivered back then? Now, I got to go so fast. So, he looks at me and he says, what do I do now? I said, well, I'm glad you asked. I said, we've got to make you a full official brother in the Lord. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name, and then you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. And get this, you're going to get filled with Jesus instead of filled with the devil, and you're going to talk in tongues. We, we got in a cab, drove over to Pastor Grattan's church in Harlem, baptized him in Jesus' name. He came out of the water speaking in tongues. Now he's one of my number one soul winners. Somebody praise the Lord. And this gospel shall be preached. And I want to end with this. You have, my two, you have my two photos. I don't have time for the other ones. I want the first photo of the two men in the photo. One is sitting and one is standing. My, my, one of my pastors, amen, one of my pastors, yes, let's do this one. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want, this is a, Bethany and I were on a tour of duty in Punjab. Okay, uh, we connected with our missionaries there. I had to go there because there was an issue going on with uh, terrorism in the country. You had to link up with the FBI and go to uh, Punjab in New Delhi first. And then we connected and took care of the terrorist situation that was going to try and funnel itself through Chicago and attack our, our previous administration. Uh, and so all of that got taken care of. Long story. We can talk about that different time. And uh, when we were uh, connecting with our missionaries after that, they said, we need you to go to a village uh, on the outskirts of Punjab because um, they are building brick walls to try and protect themselves from an onslaught from the Taliban. And I said, okay. <laughs> they said, so we need you to come out with us and we're going to have church. So when we got there, there was a number of miracles that took place. We even had somebody raised from the dead. That's a different story. Um, but this one was very unique because this one is important for this country. And this is important for this service because God's getting ready to pour out a spirit of healing. Yeah. Now, this, I took a picture of this young man because he's holding his arm out like this. Now, if I had foreknowledge, and I don't, I would have took a picture before he was healed. Because they brought him to me with a withered arm. And I was in the service, and I was, you know how we do as apostolics, God will heal anybody. <laughs> they said, bring him up. I was like, oh, no, does anybody have a headache, headache, headache? <laughs> you hold on. Just... 
They brought him up. I said, oh, right up here. Okay, wonderful. Let's all pray. They bring him up. I said, what had happened? They said, some kind of accident had happened. And I said, oh, my goodness. So a few of the missionaries, we all gathered around. We were praying. We were holding his hand. And they were all translating uh, to him. And, and, and I was praying. And, and I'm one of those realists. I'm no Superman in this. I'm just relying on the name of Jesus. So I'm thinking the whole time, looking for the exit. Okay, so we'll tell people that God is a healer. He'll take care of all of this in his time. And, and, and we're praying and praying and praying. And, I'm thinking, and all the guys are holding on. I said, yes. <laughs> well, isn't that wonderful? It's great. No, oh, keep praying. You can do anything. I'm thinking in my head, Lord, you've got to get me out of this. And time went by, and all of a sudden, I heard a, <gasps> and I looked, everybody's looking at me. I looked down, and his arm looked like that. And I said, I said, are you, are you feeling better? He said, they said, I don't know he said, Billy, he said, I said, can you make a fist? And he went like that, and he didn't unclench it. And the whole place went nuts when he clenched his hand, and he was healed. And from that moment, they were bringing everybody that was sick, and the God was moving, and, and different religious leaders were falling out in the Holy Ghost, and all of the, it was an incredible service. They, are, they, they converted the entire village in Jesus' name. And this gospel shall be preached. You see, the power is not in us particularly. It's in the name of Jesus. See, at the name of Jesus. So when that took place, it was, and I'm, I'm telling you that for a reason. Because this year, we were invited to the, to, the, uh, to the East Coast to the New England conference called NETS just a few months ago. And God told me, I want you to tell that story. I said, oh, well, that would be nice. I'll tell that story. And I began to tell that story. And God told me this. He said, tell the church what has been happening over there is going to start happening here. That was my message. And we showed the picture. And I said, if God can do that there, he can do that here. And everybody was excited about it. Now, I didn't have anything to do with the prayer that took place. But they, a guy and a group came running to me after the service. And he said, shake my hand. I said, well, praise the Lord, brother. I said, you got a good grip. He said, shake my hand. I said, oh. I said, you got a good grip. We don't need to shake hands anymore. And he's just like, and he's shaking everybody's hands. And then he came back to me and he said, you know why I'm shaking your hand? I said, no, I don't. He said, I had major surgery on this arm and it did not work. But after you showed us that, everybody prayed for me and God healed it and gave me my strength back. He said, and I'm going to the doctor to check and see if I'm really healed. I'll be back for the afternoon service tomorrow. Next picture. So Frank 
goes and comes back, shows where he had the surgery in his arm and it didn't work. He says, my doctor is blown away. I am healed in this arm. It now works. Because what God has done over there is getting ready to start happening here. Stand on your feet, everybody. Begin to worship the Lord. Begin to praise the Lord. Musicians, come. I want you to know that we are in the end time right now, and this church is in the will of God, standing for revival, standing with your pastor. We're getting ready to reach the world, and God is going to back up the Calvary Church. Hallelujah. I had to bring photos so you can believe without a shadow of a doubt that God can still do anything. And I'm believing God before we go into our world missions moment and we get ready to raise an offering to, to, to reach the world. Wouldn't it be awesome if God healed somebody here this morning? I want you to understand what God does over there he can do here. And what our missionaries bring so powerfully to us to help our faith is not just so that we can celebrate, and we celebrate, but it's also so that we can have the faith to know God can do it right here in Cincinnati. He can heal us right here today. And if anybody needs a healing in your body, I want you to come right up to the front. I'm a real practical person. I'm going to tell you the power is not going to be in me. But I have seen what Jesus can do with his name. And I'm going to turn this over to pastor so he can pray over all these that need healing and oversee the rest of the service. Look at all these wonderful needs for healing. I want you to come up. Come up, feel re be real comfortable at the altar. Come on all the way up. Find a good empty spot. As close as you can get. I'm going to turn you over to the name of Jesus. I'm going to turn you over to the only saving name. And if you're at home online right now, I want you to do the same thing. If you need healing, I want you just to get ready to lift your hand. What God has done over there, he can do here. And don't quit praying. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. If you're able, you're coming up needing a healing. If you're able... Slip your hands up before the Lord. We get ready to turn to that name that we have trusted all of our lives. In the name of Jesus. I speak healing over these that have stepped out in faith and have come to stand before you, O oh God. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. And God, we believe that what we have read about and what we have heard about and what we have even seen today, what has happened over there can happen here. It's all right. Yep, you can pray for them. We're going to receive healing. I want you to yet believe again that nothing is too hard for the Lord.
name that is above every name. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. God, we're declaring your work in this place right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, sweep over this place today. Sweep over this place today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you feel led to pray with somebody, I want you to come and pray with somebody. If you feel to do that today, let your faith arise in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's keep seeking the Lord. Let's keep seeking the Lord right now. God, you are good, Lord. You are faithful. You are just, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Love you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have not been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today's a great day to be buried with Him in the waters of baptism where you take on His name. You want to know more about what it means to serve the Lord. You want to know more about baptism or the Holy Ghost, what that experience is like, we want to help you with that because we know that it is for everyone. It's a promise for everyone. And so after this service, we have a guest reception. We'd love to talk to you about it. But I'm going to invite you to return to your seats real quick. We're not going to take much longer here, but I do feel that it would be, it's important for us to make a decision today about how we're going to get involved in missions. So I want you to get this card out. It just says 2023 missions. I want you to get it if you're a young person. If you're an adult, I, I want you to have one and we have one per family, that's fine as well. But there are opportunities not just to give today, but there are opportunities to go. And I am believing that 
as you heard these ministers today and as you went through the service, I believe the Lord is reaching for some of you in very specific ways. And so I want you to fill out this card, even if you don't have much money to give. I want you to make a commitment to do God's work in the world in some way. So I want you to fill that out. And then if you can give in the harvest offering of one-time sacrificial giving, we are hoping to raise $75,000 by the end of this year. And if the Lord puts on you a burden to give, I want you to do that. And then the monthly giving, carve out, carve out part of your Income to see God's work done in missions around the world. Again, I don't know what that'll look like for you, or if it requires you to do one less Starbucks a week, or I'll tell you, last year at our missions conference, the Lord really challenged me about some of the subscription entertainment things that I had, and I was able to carve out some monthly giving towards missions because I canceled some entertainment that we had access to. And I tell you that not to brag on myself, but I, I know that the Lord can really challenge us, and we have probably opportunity to give more than maybe we think about sometimes, but... I want you to just really make a heartfelt pledge today to give, to go, and I know the Lord will honor it. Our ushers are coming around, receive these today, but I want us to pray together as we close. The Lord has just met us in a tremendous way, and I'm believing that the fruit of this service will be something that we feel for months to come. And I believe just the trajectory of the message itself today, causing us to lift our eyes to the world, to realize God is working. He's working all around us. And we have the opportunity to be a part of it. So let's pray together. Would you talk to the Lord? Would you take this and say, God, I give this to you. I give this to you in faith. I give this to you in obedience. I give this to you because I want to see your kingdom come, your will be done. And if you've already turned it in, I just want you to lift your hand and say, God, I give, give to you so that you can do a work in this world, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, for what we've experienced today. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God that went forth, for the testimonies that we've heard Ukraine, to the Drigger family, Lord, and to Brother Wilson, Lord, today. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for just how you've met us. Give us the confidence that we can put our trust in you. Lord, and I'm praying that you would give the Calvary Church a courageous heart, a generous heart. Lord, that we would continue to keep our investment in the field. We would keep 
our investment, Lord, where you are working, Lord. And we're going to pray that you would honor anything that we give. You would multiply it, use it for your kingdom so that your work can be done. Because we are living, God, in the last days. And Lord, we realize that more than ever today, hearing God, just the truth of your word and what you're doing, Lord, it, it compels us today. And I pray, Lord, that none of us would live in fear. We would not live with worry and doubt, God, but we would have confidence that you will care for us, God, if we care for your kingdom. God, where our treasure is, there our heart is. And I pray that our treasure would be in your kingdom, would be for your glory. And we know that our hearts will follow. God, we love you today. I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done for us in the past. God, and we are looking forward, Lord, to being a part of what you're doing in the future. Bless today. Strengthen today. We give you glory and honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, let's clap our hands to the Lord for a wonderful day. Amen. And why don't you stand, find somebody you haven't greeted yet, you haven't talked to. Make sure they know how glad you are to see them at Calvary today. Thank you for taking a little extra time in our service today. We love you. God bless you. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.